Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. I had this moment when I went back to Maddie in the bathroom stall, 16 years old, as she was weeping questioning her worth. And it was like I looked her in the eyes and I was like, God has so much more for you. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues slogging through another week of the off season. Here to bring you all the most important tits, all of our luscious screams, a bunch of those parasocial plays, we're going to be talking about the things we're watching during the offseason when there is no game to watch. And of course, we're going to be talking about the state of the game because some very interesting stuff is happening. This will be coming out on Friday, so it will have happened on Thursday. But some very interesting shit is going down within our beloved game. We hope everyone is enjoying Gore Girl Summer so far. It's really, really the season that's turning out to have it all. We had Interviews with Tammy Lee, Elise Delbaum, Sarah Heron, Courtney Robertson, and our latest one with Dave Neal aired earlier this week. If you haven't listened to any of those, check it out. We had the best existing coverage of Bachelor on stage. I got COVID at Coachella doing my field reporting. What more could Gore Girl Summer have to offer? I'm still kind of in shock that I attended this Bachelor Live on stage event. It's so, I think about it every day. Some piece of it, some little memory, some image comes back to me. But I keep fixating on that one image of the woman in the audience whose mom was on stage reenacting the orgasm scene from when Harry met Sally to James Bonsall. And this woman could uh-huh. not view it with her own eyes, but still held her phone up to it. She was recording this, but did not want to view it herself. She was creating social media from it, but could not herself look at it as she's sitting there in a cocktail dress, having participated in the onstage event itself, getting beat by her own, her own mom. I hope if I have kids, they'll do something like that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Always be creating content, children, of your mother, dating other people other than your father. <laughs> at a certain point, we will have what I believe to be a thing that I'm calling the auto record, which will be everything recorded 24 hours a day upload it into a publicly searchable database. So you won't have to record anything. You'll just have to search it and be like, can I get full video of me at Bachelor Life on stage? I, I love the clues-topia. <laughs> I mean, we're almost already there. It's so close. We're still doing the recording. We're still doing the labor of it. But eventually that will be automated. Well, we have some more incredible interviews coming up for Gore Girl Summer in the very near future. I, I mean, I can't wait. I want to like drop them all at Netflix like at the same time, but our recording schedule and our minds won't allow it. But <laughs> yeah, we must first actually record the interviews record before yes. we can put them out. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting getting ahead of time and space as well. Eventually that'll be automated too. You'll just be able to think of an interview and it will be done already. And that's why I love Clustopia. 
This is a new segment I'm doing for all of your dystopian predictions. This is not dystopian. This is a it is a clues-topia. Everything that's recorded, everything I say, everyone will know. Yeah, but we're already there. Just kidding. <laughs> what are you trying to appease your AI overlords? I constantly am. But anyways, thank you for joining us today. And of course, not only is Gore Girl Summer going to continue in the very near future with some great interviews, but we have a brand new logo. You might have seen it across all of our social media, and you might have seen it even on this very podcast as our new emblem. It's something we're very proud of. It's something we've wanted to have in place really since the first days of this podcast. But we just, we never had it within us to design something that looked like this new logo looks. All I could really do was render satanic images of Dark Lord Harrison and then our temp logo that we had. But now we're very proud of this one. And you can go to gameofroses.co and pick up a t-shirt if you like with this new logo. And feel free to wear that to all your upcoming viewing parties of the Windekia season that's coming up. And then BIP8, which is going to be hot on the heels of Windekia. And I promise you, I promise you, BIP Season 8 is going to have some crazy shit happening. That's all I'll say. I mean, I I get so happy when I see the new logo in my Apple podcast feed. It, it looks crisp. It's, you know, a crown rose within this social media bubble. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. You know, yeah. the game, you know, I would say it's a fitting, you know, descriptor of the show that the game 100% is the bubble which holds the crown rose, aka the document, but also social media. Some might say it says Game of Roses underneath the image of what our show is. So it's social media yeah. is in the game. That's what I'm saying. Well, social media is in what we cover. And our podcast is called Game of Roses. Game of Roses is a little <laughs> caption underneath okay. an icon of social media and the document sure. within that. However you like it. The game within the game. But the main... I'm just saying the new logo proves my point. Yes. I think the new logo <laughs> is a more legitimized view of what our show is. We We have, at least in the logo, moved away from the vaguely satanic overtones that all of my memes contain. So if you want that satanic Bachelor content, you got to go to Bachelor Clues because that's all that will ever be there. That is a guarantee. Well, pick up a new shirt, gameofroses.co. It comes in black and white. And if you want to see what it could look like on you, go to our social media. I did a tripod photo shoot with the t-shirt living that influencer lifestyle and so did clues and grace Anne and took some beautiful content that's all across our socials yeah when the dark seeker was out here to join me at the bachelor live on stage event we took the opportunity to do some pictures out in and around beverly hills and we stood in front of random people's mansions and in front of random people's rolls royces and bentley's and pretended they were ours in the game of roses shirt did people judge you Doing the photo shoots? No. In fact, a passerby stopped and asked us if she would like us to take our picture, like her to take our picture. She helped us. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I didn't get any of those. I just had people looking at me like I was an alien. And I was like, we're in the city of content. Why is this weird to you? (laughs) We're in the world of content. And now let's move on to our first segment this week. We are going to be talking about 
How Our Game Is Changing. This is Game Game of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. The Sauce Wars are heating up. They've come to a full simmer today. We've talked about the company players slinging sauce before. These are largely the players who are given jobs on the Warner Brothers podcast. We're talking about Happy Hour. We're talking about that clickbait. We're talking about that talking it out. And sauce, as you may know, is the term we use to refer to these players upholding the various narratives that are designed by the producers in show and out. It's a reference to grocery store Joe's literal sauce that he calls Sundays with Joe because he is the company player who has arguably benefited the most from his allegiance to the company. And sidebar, the phrase tastes like restaurant, which I get a few DMs every once in a while. What does this mean? Also comes from grocery store Joe. He said it in an Instagram ad for his own sauce as he was eating it. That's how he described the flavor of Sundays with Joe. It's like a restaurant. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous ad on Instagram. And now when I hear the word taste, like restaurant just comes up. It's like restaurant. Or when I, I, hear no, that, I hear the phrase, it's like. Yeah. And then I just fill in restaurant all the time. Absolutely agree. It's like restaurant. And anytime I hear somebody say depends, Always on who you wind up being. It just plays in my head like an audio set. Anyway, so there are these company players. And in contrast to the company players, there are a growing number of off-contract players in an opposing faction who are starting to shed light on the sinister producing practices and validating the very idea that certain players are being protected by the producers and the corporation that pays them. There has been a slow leak of behind-the-scenes information from past leads and players over the years in various books, podcast appearances, but nothing has ever happened like it is happening now. Blake Hortzman, a.k.a. Baylock I, has taken to his Instagram stories in the past to tell the fourth audience that he wouldn't return to the show because, as he put it, the producers don't have your best interest in mind in reference to the unwarranted villain edit he received on BIP season six. But this week, when asked if he gave anyone advice for this upcoming season of Paradise, Horseman posted an Instagram story that read, the only advice I gave them was to be careful of the official Bachelor podcast hosts if they are down there. They are ABC employees and will always get a good edit. So don't go against them or date someone they have their eyes on. I think they should not allow these people on the beach after last season And I love all the people that went down there in parens, but it's a huge slap in the face of the audience. Like they think we are that dumb. So this idea that the when when he says they think we're that dumb, he's talking about the producers. And the answer to that question is yes, they do. Or at the very least, they don't give a shit if the audience starts to see through what they're doing. If the audience starts to piece together that like, oh, (laughs) Natasha Parker was given a rose out of thin air. They clearly want to keep the company players, the podcast hosts on the show as long as possible to get their numbers up, to get more people interested in what they're doing. So in response to Blake Horseman posting this, the company players of Clickbait, who Horseman was referencing, proceeded to tear him apart on the most recent Clickbait episode, crystallizing this idea formally that there are now two sides within the player pool. We're going to be playing some clips, by the way, from that episode of Clickbait and giving our analysis on this coming Monday's Digging Deeper. You definitely do not want to miss that one. I think it could be the best Digging Deeper 
that we will have ever done. Yes, I think so. But here we are now. The player pool is divided into those who deliver the company propaganda and those who fight against it. And they're kind of constantly talking about one another through these veiled terms, like Horseman said. Mm -hmm. And I love all the people who went down there. And these it's podcast hosts. So if those people show up, he's not naming any names. And neither really were they on clickbait. They were, I mean, they did go directly after him, I guess. But it's more a general thing of like, some people don't know what it's really about. We do. And then it's the non-company players saying like, here's what it's about. This is a lie. I mean, I think the generalizing part of it is important for these non-protected players because if he were to say, you know, I saw them like a cut scene with Becca Kufrin where she crushed a crab or something. I'm not saying she did this, but like if he said like, I (laughs) saw that and they cut it out and they whatever versus giving these like general things, I think it's much better for if you're trying to stay on the the legal good side of this. Yeah. But I mean, it's an important thing what Horseman is saying in this. Again, in, in terms of like the sauce words, like as we discuss all the time on this show, the company podcast's only purpose is to uphold the narratives that the producers want upheld. Generally, the ones that they are producing in the course of the actual document. We're talking about Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelorette, and Bachelor. So if they're spinning some narrative, for example, in Bachelor in Paradise, that Brendan Marais and Piper James came there with ulterior motives and they're villains and they deserve to get raked over the coals, that's what's going to happen on all those podcasts. And in most cases, Mm -hmm. those players are not given the same platform to even defend themselves, as was the case with this most recent episode of Clickbait. Horseman's not there to defend himself. They just kind of rip him apart. No, and you end with a tag of Natasha Parker and uh, Lil Jon spraying champagne in celebration of her new Instagram followers. Exactly. So, I mean, there's obviously that double standard that anyone else talking about Instagram followers your persona non grata, we're going to fuck you over, give you a villain edit, but Natasha Parker gets to spray champagne and celebrate it. But this idea that Horseman is putting forth here is that these company players, these protected players cannot be crossed, almost like the mafia. Mm -hmm. Because if you do, it's not going to be good for you. These players will always get the best edits. So there is no even footing anymore in the game. That's now a very open idea that horsemen is supporting and then the company podcasts are railing against that that that's not what it's about it's about finding love and that simply isn't true well it's definitely not about finding love if you're saying don't pursue the people that are the company men are romantically interested in as well and i think there's another piece to this which is just you know Grocery store Joe got the most screen time of anyone this past season. All the company players get the screen time as well, as well as getting this more positive narrative. I would say this, by the way, if you're a player going into the next season of Paradise, I don't know if any of the Mm -hmm. company podcast players are going to wind up there. Because none of them are single, right? I believe it's only Natasha Parker and Mike Johnson. Well, Natasha Natasha just put a video with a man in it. Oh. So maybe it's just Mike Johnson. I don't know if that's like a serious thing. You also need to keep your ear to the ground a little bit and and start thinking ahead about like who might be a company player. Who's going to get the next talking it out? Yes. Who's going to get the next one of these exactly. podcasts? Because that person is going to be set up as a company player as well. And if you are in this situation, I would say this. It's just my own two cents game strategy. If one of these players shows up or if you suspect that a player might be protected... 
ice them out and get everybody on the beach to do it too. No one goes on a date with them. No one talks to them. No interaction whatsoever. See, I would be like target them romantically. <laughs> Opposite. But then it's like if you say the wrong thing and you wind up becoming Brennan Marias, that is a dangerous dance if you're going to fucking do it. I would not do what he did. No. I would. Sure. I would. I. <laughs> but you don't have control over that. You can do whatever you want to do and it might even be the right thing and a good thing and you're on moral high ground. He had con- he had some control. Of course he did. I'm not I'm not disputing that, but I am saying no matter what you do, the producers can cut you any way they want as GSJ yeah. famously said, depends on who you wind up being. So the only way to really assure that that won't happen to you, I think, is to avoid at all costs and if you can get the other players to do the same thing. And then that person will have to be cut out of the show. If no one's interacting with them, they cannot be used in the show. I just think we're not going to see that type of unionization. Absolutely not. I think people are too scared of them. Of course. It is like the mafia. You don't want to fuck with them. Also because the upside is, is too great. Look at what Big Body did. Big Body Trash Can Thomas Jacobs. He walked out of there with the only tropical royale in the world. He reversed his villain edit. Reversed his villain edit. He's now doing Bachelor Life on stage with Becca Kufrin. He's in the protected player club now and enjoying all the benefits of it. He gets to hang out with (laughs) Menno. That's the primary (laughs) benefit. Yeah, of course. You know, we have these players. We have the ones who are company players and we have the unprotected players who are coming out against the company players. But there's also this third group of players that are in the middle on the fence. They're not official company podcasters, but they're still closely aligned with the show. In this, you have your male goat, Nick Vial. You have your goat goat, Caitlin Bristow. You have Ashley I. Kennedy. The tear goat. <laughs> and these players are definitely benefiting from a relationship to the show. I believe they all get the episodes early and stuff. But they do also have some leverage to be critical of producer practices sometimes. Yeah, but not too much. They never come out and do like what a horseman does, for example. But every once in a while, they will say something like, come on, this is too much. They've gone too far. The producers need to get back to basics. This show is about finding love or whatever. Actually, Kennedy actually just had a thing this week where she was talking about how they need it to be more real and start showing the actual conversations that build the relationships instead of just the very basic like, this is so crazy. I can't believe we're on a boat. Love levels. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I don't know if I agree with her necessarily. I think that's a very different show. But these players do exist in this kind of no man's land between the company players and the off-contract players who are coming out against the show. And I think we are at the precipice of what will probably be one of the most heavily producer manipulated seasons in history with the the Windekia season because there's two bachelorettes so they're going to have to manipulate a wide variety of situations to make certain players go with Rachel Reckia, certain players go with Gabby Wendy mm-hmm. and if they don't what does a group date look like and the whole nine and I'm very curious to see what comes out of that because by and large the the players that are coming out as off contract players are primarily villains, people who have received villain edits unjustly mm-hmm. in Horseman's case, for example. And I think as the seasons progress, you're going to see more and more of those. And now that we're in an era where if you become a villain, you get either no Instagram following or a reduction in followers, 
your only way to benefit from being on the show is to come out as like a whistleblower and be like, look, they fucked me. And here's how they did it. And da, 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 da. I would say the biggest off-contract energy from a non-villain is Rachel Lindsay. Mm -hmm. She has spoken about the show. She issued her ultimatum saying that she wouldn't watch again if the next Bachelor wasn't Black. She has come out against the show in her book. Dark Seeker did a great breakdown of um, things from Rachel Lindsay's book, which was fantastic. You all should check it out. And she kind of has that power to do so. I would say, because I think yeah. she's a protected player in her own way. Totally. Not by the company, but by circumstance. Well, she was protected by the company. For a minute, but not when she was interviewing Dark Lord Harrison on Extra, you know? Yeah, I mean, she was literally a company player for a minute on a company podcast. But even then, that podcast then, when it was Rachel Lindsay and Becca Kufrin, it wasn't like it is now. Back then... It was them just kind of like talking about sometimes pop mm-hmm. culture issues if it was in an off season, but mainly what's going on in the show and how are you doing? And it was a little bit of a lifestyle thing. Now, all these company podcasts, their only function is to uphold these narratives the producers are making. It's very strange. But I do think, again, that, you know, this, what we're about to see is going to be unprecedented produce, uh, producer manipulation. And how these podcasts are going to start spinning that is going to be fascinating to hear, fascinating to watch. I can't wait for this next season. And I don't know what you know the future holds for each of these groups. I do think that ultimately, the group of players on the side of telling the truth and whistleblowing will become too big. There will be too many of them to hold back a tidal wave of tea getting spilled. I don't think you can have enough company podcasts to like <laughs> bolster against that coming storm. I don't think it's possible. I don't know. Because I'm like, maybe... I, I can see them adding a fourth company podcast this year because I think they're all very profitable and they'll want to hire some of the you know more rookie players mm-hmm. to do it. But I give all players that I talk to, all future players, the same advice, which is you should suck up to all of the podcasts. Be in their DMs. They can help shape your narrative. They can help shape your social media following. Totally, but it's also not up to them. They get marching orders. It's not like if you become friends with GSJ on via DM and then they get the order to execute, they're not going to execute. GSJ will do whatever he's told. Yeah, but I guess I mostly mean non suck up to the non company podcast. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like suck up to happy hour and clickbait and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. I mean, you should. Like, yeah, if you can, I suppose. But it's it's a dangerous game. You don't go on happy hour and attack them. No. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that's the state of the game. We're now existing what I believe is the prime sauce wars. Like they're really happening now. This horseman thing that came out and clickbait's reaction to it Mm -hmm. was just like, I couldn't fucking believe it. And again, be sure to check out our Digging Deeper on Monday. We're going to be going through all the clips from that clickbait. And already there are some that are just mind blowing. So we hope you'll join us for that. But now we're going to move on to the next section of our podcast, the next segment. This is one we premiered a few weeks back, and we're continuing to do it because this is the off-season, and yet we still must watch television. This is called... What are you watching? What are you watching? So for my birthday yesterday, I... As part of my day of doing everything I wanted to do, 
I asked my partner, Jake, if he would watch a reality series with me, which we've oh. never done together before. Okay. You know, uh, get into one of my hobbies for a second. And we started one that I had heard was really good uh-huh. and had been meaning to watch for a while. And this is called Bling Empire. Okay. Have you heard of this? I have heard the name, but I don't know anything about it. I looked up what the official tagline was because I was curious how they marketed it. It's wild, wealthy, Asian, and Asian-American fun seekers go all out with parties, glamour, and drama in Los Angeles. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's kind of like a, a Housewives-y-esque. Vanderpumpy. Vanderpumpy-esque show. I mean, Vanderpump is about poor bartenders, so this is a little different. But Lisa Vanderpump is the main character of Vanderpump Rules, in my opinion. She is not. What? (laughs) She's a side character. Her storylines are like C storylines about the menu and shit. But it's her show. (laughs) It's called Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) It's her fucking name in the title. Yeah, but she's not the main character. That's crazy. Okay, okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so Clues and I have been talking about this that how you break down the types of reality shows and we believe that there are two that we focus on which are lifeies and loveies and lifeies are kind of lifestyle that's like housewives that's like vanderpump and i would say bling empire is a lifey okay it's a life and like loveies would be like bachelor it would be like love is blind they're like romantic centered competition shows right and in this lifey there's a great cast so far. I'm only a couple episodes in, but there's this guy, Kane Lim, who is my favorite so far. He is a an extraordinary, colorful narrator and a billionaire. Wow. Very confusing how that can happen. <laughs> and there is also Anna Shea, this Russian-Japanese daughter of a billionaire defense contractor who, from what I can tell so far, seems like she kind of pays young hot men to like hang around her and in one of the early episodes she gets completely naked during what is a reverse pretty woman date scene with the only poor guy on the show there's one poor guy named kevin and she just gets completely nude while she's like trying on clothes in her house well a bunch of people are there and there's no explanation it's a voluntary nudity play what what other (laughs) explanation do you need I just, I'm I'm very into the show so far. Highly recommend. Why did Corinne Olympios take off her top and make Nick Vial cup her breasts on that uh, group date where they had to take wedding photos? Be an icon. What's the explanation for To it? finally get Scott Disick. Voluntary nudity play. Oh, we'll get to that, rest assured. You know, Lord Disick's all about that. Well, we'll get to that. I don't know if they're actually yeah. dating, but we'll get to that. That's coming up in news. Clues, what are you watching? I'm watching... A program on Netflix. It is a scripted show, not a lifey or a lovey. It's a scripty. It is a half hour comedy called The Pentaveret. It is created by and stars Mike Myers, who, when I was a child, was one of the biggest stars on Saturday Night Live. He is uh, Wayne's World. He's Wayne Campbell. Austin Powers. Yeah, he's Austin Powers later on, which defined an era of comedy. I believe the first Austin Powers and second one were the two highest grossing comedy films of all time at the time they came out. I think they've since been eclipsed by Hangover. I could be wrong about all this, but I believe this is true. Nonetheless... (laughs) He was at the top of the fucking mountain at one point. And then he had a series of misfires. Love Guru. He recently hosted a remake of The Gong Show as a character that he wore full prosthetics for. 
I forget the character's name. None of this worked. And now this show, The Pentaveret, the premise is there are five men and have been this group of five men since the late 1800s that are kind of like an Illuminati, but they do good for the world instead of malicious evil. And Mm. he plays all of them in various prosthetics so that it's like different characters. And he plays other characters in the show as well. He's maybe got like six or seven different characters that he plays, just like Austin Powers. The budget of this show is astronomical. It looks incredible. There's a heavy sci-fi element. All the titles are impeccably done, 3D graphics and all this stuff. And it's unwatchable. It's the worst thing (laughs) I've ever fucking seen in my life. It is just an endless series of bad puns about genitalia and bodily functions. It's characters that have no identity whatsoever. Debbie Mazar's in it. She has no identity whatsoever, except she's like the the kind of like oversexed woman in the office who's trying to like have sex with guys and stuff. There's nothing behind the fucking ice. I love an oversexed woman. Yeah, I mean, that's like literally the character. There's a scene in the first episode where there's a Bigfoot walking around the halls of the Pentaveret. And for maybe 45 seconds, he just starts shitting CGI shit to no comic effect and for no reason. Hmm. You're just sitting there watching it. And I got 19 minutes into this show and I issued a text to a group thread that I'm in with a bunch of my buddies who we all get together every once in a while and like we'll get high and try to watch a bad movie and just kind of laugh at it and whatever. So I issued a challenge to that group and I said I made it to like 19 minutes and 31 seconds. I took a a photo of the screen with it paused on that. And I said, I made it 19 minutes and 31 seconds to the first episode of the Pentaveret. I now issue the Pentaveret challenge. See if you can beat me. And so now oh everybody, God, the Pentaveret <laughs> challenge. <laughs> and so now we've all basically decided we're going to all have to watch the entire thing, unfortunately. And I've made it through episode four. I think I have two left. Hopefully I'll get through it by the end of this weekend. I issue the same challenge to any of you out there. See if you can watch the full series of the Pentaveret. It's unwatchable. Clues, I gotta say, this segment, what are you watching? None of your picks have convinced me very well. <laughs> You're like, it's the worst movie you'll ever see. You have to watch it. I'm like, no. You're shitting. I don't want to see shit. But it's like astounding that this was made. And it also is like, in my mind, maybe it's a little insight into why Netflix is starting to shit the bed, why its stock is crashing, why they're hemorrhaging users. Because it's like, if this is what they're pumping money into, and they pumped a lot of fucking money into this, it looks so good. It's beautifully directed. All of the art direction, all of the fucking graphics are just like phenomenal. And it's so bad. It's so bad. Put that money towards the society. Everyone wants the society to come back. What's that? That's a show I was watching on Netflix that got canceled. Well, COVID might have canceled it, but it's really good. And there's only one season. It's about a town where a group of high school kids go on a field trip and they get on the bus and they come back to their town and everyone else is gone from the town and it's surrounded by thick forests and they can't escape and have no contact with the outside world. Ooh. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's great. Only one season, though. Don't be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that's what we're watching. If anybody out there watches the Pentaveret, can get through any of it, feel free to hit me up. I'd be curious to know what anyone thinks of it because it's just, it's like, it's bad on a level that is just, it's unbelievable. It seems like no one 
gave anyone any notes on any script. And you can just feel that there's so much improv that Mike Myers is doing on set. And I imagine myself being on that set while they're shooting it. And you have to like force laughter and like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't imagine what that would have been like. I would love to talk to somebody who worked on it. At any rate, that is what we're watching. Now it's time in the program when we are going to move on and discuss all of those luscious tids. Clues. It is springtime. It is the off season. It mm. is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like clues who... Only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills, you know, the... The whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx. That's kind of a dark 
black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, professional player from season 24, Madison Maddie Prue Pruitt, launched her new boyfriend on Instagram this week with a post that read, and buckle in, this is a robust caption, in quotes, (laughs) Grant Michael Trout, all three names given here, so full of passion and purpose and joy, I am proud I get to do life with someone who loves Jesus and people like you do. The past five months have been the best and wildest adventure, full of highs and lows, but there's nobody else in the world I'd rather do life with. There's more to this quote, but she's saying do life with. This seems much Mm -hmm. more than a boyfriend to me. It's been special since the first Mm -hmm. date when you forgot to open my car door because we were both so nervous when we barely touched our quesadillas at dinner because of our deep convos and intellectual questions and then ending the night riding around listening to Drake in the car on full blast for hours. You are my best friend. My favorite hello, (laughs) my hardest goodbye. There's nobody else in the world like you. Let's keep dreaming, vibing, serving, and loving G and M. That's Grant and Madison Pruitt. Heart emoji. Fingers crossed emoji. My favorite hello. My hardest goodbye. That's probably my favorite part. Yeah, we're going to get real quick to who Grant Trout is in a second. I just need to, to do some breakdowns here of this fucking crazy ass caption. Do life with. That is a direct quote. That to me says this is way more than a casual boyfriend that there has already been talk of like spending their life together, getting married, etc. I feel like do life together is like a bachelor phrase. Uh, yeah, of course. All of this is like very surface. It's it's promoting the idea of this relationship. We have no idea about the actual relationship. What do you mean? They don't eat quesadillas. What? They don't eat their quesadillas because of their intentional questions. Oh, yeah. Barely touched our quesadillas. That's also like Bachelor when they don't uh, eat their food. Yeah. Deep combos and intentional questions. So that's date one. Intentional questions. Listen, if we're going to be sitting here eating quesadillas, I need to ask you some very intentional questions. Do you love Jesus Christ? And his response was, of course, absolutely. I've looked at his Instagram. He's doing baptisms. He's doing all kinds of like evangelical, very Christian stuff, Mm -hmm. just as she's doing. And I think, well, let's just get to who he is. So, So here's who this guy is. Grant Trout is the son of a billionaire, Kenny Trout, who sold his company, XL Telecommunications, for $3.5 billion in the late 90s. Since her initial unveiling post, Pruitt has also attended the Kentucky Derby with her billionaire-to-be boyfriend, where his father owned a horse that was racing. Mm -hmm. And we talk about the post-game of players constantly here on Game of Roses. 
as it stands currently, it seems like Pruitt might be poised to dominate it, in my opinion, anyway. She's turned in performances as a Christian minister at several churches over the past year, including the famous Lakewood Church in Houston, which was founded by mega pastor Joel Osteen, who famously refused to open his church's doors to refugees of Hurricane Harvey back in 2017. And now she is on the brink of marrying into a billion-dollar right-wing Christian family who hails from the source itself, Dallas, Texas, which is also where she lives. <sighs> wow. I think she's going to win the post-game game. She's really, I believe... She already has. She has 2 million TikTok followers. Well, she's won the TikTok game, but I think this if she becomes a fucking billionaire, which it looks like she's about to, mm-hmm. and she's... Oh, 100%. She's got it locked up. Yeah. I, I mean, she's powerful. I can't imagine how appealing she is in the right wing Christian world in terms of a, a viable candidate for marriage. The, I mean, go and look up my memes. I made a meme of her and this guy at uh, the Kentucky Derby. And then in it, I inlaid a picture of this guy's dad and this guy's mom also at the Kentucky Derby. They look identical. Madison Prude is wearing the same fucking hat his mom is. It's like, they're just printing a carbon copy and she's playing so well into that role. I think she's got this wrapped up. She's going to be a fucking billionaire, have her own church, millions of followers that she gets to preach to. I mean, she's about to do something that I don't think any other bachelor player has. You know, we thought it was Tyler Cameron, but no, Madison Pruitt is the one who is going to take over the world. I mean, I'm not surprised. We saw, I mean, she's one of the first professional players. We saw what she did on season 24. It was astounding. But you know what we didn't mention here? There was actually controversy surrounding this post because he posted a picture in his launch of her, I believe, that was them with two little black kids Mm -hmm. on a church trip, them posing with them. And people were upset because it's, you know, the the white savior. Yeah. She didn't teach him how to do social media yet. She had a white savior post like that on her Instagram a while back. She had multiple and she got rid of all of them. Now she's, he, he took his Instagram private after this past weekend. At some point during this week, he took his Instagram private and I'm sure she's sitting him down and being like, look, dude, here's how we have to do this. Yeah. The picture is deleted. Yeah. She's, she's definitely, uh, the strategist in this couple, but congrats to Pruitt for putting together this impressive financial power play in the name of Christ. I firmly believe we are going to be seeing more and more of her as she crosses from Christian media into mainstream Mm -hmm. pop culture media. I think she's walking this line. I feel like you saw this coming. I feel like you knew. (sighs) She's just, it's her competitive spirit. And I think that that is probably the best gift her dad gave her. Also, this guy's haircut is eerily similar to her father's. But her dad instilled in her a sense of competition the likes of which we have probably never seen in our beloved game. Maybe Courtney Robertson had it, but I don't think that was a parental instill. I think that was just in her. Her dad made her this little robot who can just win anything. And now she's got her eyes set on being a massive megachurch pastor with as much money as possible. And she's winning that game. I'm so impressed. As am I. (laughs) Well, congratulations, Prue Trout. I'm sure she'll be Trout soon, actually. Yeah. Maddie Trout. Maybe she'll keep it. I don't know. That's an interesting thing to think about because it's definitely very right-wing conservative to enthusiastically take the man's name as your own, but I don't know if she will. Yeah. I don't know if she will do it. Really? Yeah. She might be a hyphenate. 
I could see that happening because she's already she's becoming known as Madison Pruitt, the pastor. Okay, I could see a hyphen. Like she's already got a brand. I don't know if she can fuck with it. Okay, when do you think they'll get married? I bet it'll be like this year. Yeah, within one year, within one calendar year. Yes. Yeah. Wow, huge news. Bachelor Nation is going to the billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> it's all coming together. Speaking of strange, uh, strange, disparate things coming together. Next up in Bachelor Nation news, a blast from the past. Season 21 villain and LA icon Corinne Olympios is making headlines for being spotted with a member of the Kardashian clan. That's right. The rose ceremony napper enjoyed a night out in Miami with none other than the former on-again, off-again boyfriend and father of her children, Kourtney Kardashian, Scott Disick, a.k.a. Lord Disick, a.k.a. the person I will never forget who got drunk and shoved a $20 bill down a waiter's throat in one of the episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And the duo spent some time at Miami's Poppy Steak. And it must have been a good conversation because they didn't leave until 2 a.m. Their departure took place in the same car. But before we get too excited about the prospect of a Disick Olympios reunion, which I am already too excited about, we have to remember that Disick is currently dating model Rebecca Donaldson. No, time will tell if this story develops further. But for now, it's fantastic to see the bouncy house aficionado getting some press again. Yes, Olympios. She's out there still doing it, just showing you like, don't forget about me. I got some. Don't forget about me. I still Olympios. got some skills in this little game here, the post game game. I'm very impressed. I am too. This was a, God, it was just such a good picture to come across the DMs, come across the feed and you're like, oh my God, she's fucking doing it. I hope this works out for her. I hope we get to see her somehow absorbed into that world. It would be fantastic. Every announcement of someone that Scott Disick is dating has been astonishing to me. <laughs> it has been the there was it was a storyline in Real Housewives yeah. of Beverly Hills that he was dating one of uh, what's her face's kids who was like eighteen. Well, speaking of couples getting press, GSJ and Serena are in Bachelor Nation news this week for some press of their own. The king and queen of VIP season seven prom were nominated. <laughs> for an MTV Movie and TV Award in the category of Best Reality Romance. They are competing against four other couples for this prestigious award. Nancy Gonzalez and Casey Clark from The Challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies. Lauren and Alexi Bravarnik from Lauren and Alexi, After the 90 Days. Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox from Vanderpump Rules and Yandy Ooh. and Mendy C's from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Amabel and Pitt's romance blossomed on sand in between GSJ fulfilling his duties as the leader of the group of players who harassed Brendan Marias, Piper James, Chris Conran, and Alana Milne, a.k.a. the disgruntled females, until they were removed from the show. Congrats to DSJ and Serena on this nomination. Voting is now open at vote.mtv.com. I feel like BIP season seven prom King and Queen is very similar to MTV movie and, and TV best reality romance award. It's the exact <laughs> they both seem same. Of course. Yes. <laughs> of course. Nonetheless, congrats to them. Any awards you can put on your mantle. We hope that you win. We hope that the bachelor 
absorbs as many of these awards as they can and dominates all of these various shows. But now it is time to move on to that segment of our program in which we discuss all the plays our favorite players are making off the field and on the small, small screen, the screens we hold in our hands, our telephones. We're talking about the metaverse. We're talking about the real world, the <laughs> online world, the digital world. Talk about the metaverse, brother. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Dude, he's coming in here now. Ah, my worlds are colliding. Every time I hear metaverse, I think that now. Okay. Sorry. No, no problem. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. First up, hot off the presses, former crown and forever ultimate Viking Clayton Eckert just made a powerful parasocial play on his main grid in a two-slide Instagram post. He put a selfie and then a trigger warning for the second post, which was a photoshopped collage of a bunch of hateful DMs and comments that he's received. In the caption, he discusses his struggles with mental health and the importance of being kind on social media. Speaking of being kind on social media... We talked about this up top, but Blake Baylock I Horseman is the off-contract gift that keeps on giving. He did a Q&A Monday where someone asked if any of the Bachelor Nation players at Stagecoach asked for, advi- asked for his advice and confirmed that a few people who will be on the beach this summer did ask for advice, and his biggest advice was be careful of the Bachelor official Bachelor podcast hosts if they are there. As we discussed up top in our State of the Game, the sauce wars are upon us. And we are always astounded by Baylock Eye's parasocial game, as he was the winner last week for his stagecoach full circle post. This is huge off-contract energy, and we believe prompted the takedown of him on clickbait this week, which we will get into in our digging deeper. Steak and doghouse enthusiast. TC, Tyler Cameron, joined soccer star and husband of a Spice Girl, David Beckham, as Beckham debuted his new F45 workout in Miami in an Instagram grid post by at just Jared. While neither posted to their main grid, this is an excellent play by Cameron linking himself to Beckham with his 72.9 million followers. Hear that, Maddie Prue? Better get married soon before Tyler Cameron beats you. You know, I... Look, I'll just say this. <laughs> followers are one thing, but followers really translate to money. That's why you want followers. And mm-hmm. so Pruitt's got 1.7 million followers, but she's about to have $3.5 billion. There is nothing, <laughs> in my opinion, that can measure up to that in the post-game game. What about love? What? <laughs> she doesn't love this guy. You don't know that. I 100% know it. They both love what? Jesus, and then they can tolerate each other's company. He's got three and a half billion dollars. She's got some weird fame and is a preacher, and he finds that cool. Like, he sees them as a power couple. They sing Drake together. They're in love. Yeah, they didn't even touch their quesadillas. Anyways. Roommates, Elise Delbaum and Belakai did an hour-long live stream this week on Instagram, where Delbaum did a full face of makeup on Belakai and gave him the drag name Sally Stagecoach. This video on Delbaum's Instagram has 57.7K views. This shit was priceless. Absolutely love to see this. And in response to good girl PVC player Madison Pruitt hard-launching her new relationship with the billionaire Grant Trout, which got 344,000 likes, a villain 
from Clayton Eckert's season, Cassidy Timbrooks made an Instagram story about one of the photos, the pic of the couple posing with two young black kids that we just discussed. She said, in quotes, this photo doesn't need to be included in your hard launch. It especially doesn't need to be followed by a picture of y'all dressed to the nines, complete with a Louis Vuitton bag on your way to a night out. The tone deafness of some wealthy slash Christian people, I literally cannot. I'm all for their love story and happy they uh, found each other, but come on. End quote. <laughs> Continuing her firestorm of parasocial play in the offseason, she's really been capitalizing on the slow news cycle by engaging with bigger players in the nation like this and weighing in yeah. on everything from Kayla snake, <laughs> the Kayla snake murder incident to this. Uh, I loved the little, I'm all for their love story and happy. They uh, found each other, but come on. I guess she agrees with you. Yeah. This is arranged. <laughs> it's, it's not like at that tier, you're the son of a fucking billionaire. Okay. You don't get to just start dating somebody that shit has to be vetted by your family because there are billions of dollars at stake. I mean, and there will be a prenup and all that shit, I'm sure. But that family, especially like where they are, they're huge Republican donors. They're very Christian. They're active members in the conservative community. So whoever their son is potentially going to be bringing into that has to toe the fucking line. They have to approve her too. And they obviously would approve Madison Pruitt because... Who the fuck else are they going to get? She's, in my opinion, like I said up top, she is a catch in that Christian world. You know, you can find love in unexpected places sometimes. That's all I'll say. Sometimes arranged marriages end up finding the most love of all. All of these strong, strong parasocial plays. However, there can only be one winner. And as I mentioned earlier, yesterday was my birthday. Huge event in the nation. And when I awoke yesterday, I received the greatest birthday gift I have ever received. <laughs> the parasocial play of the week goes to Grace Ann Parks, a.k.a. The Dark Seeker. She posted a video that you can watch on our Instagram at Game of Roses Pod, in which she, several of my best friends, several friends of the pit, wished me happy birthday. And this video had it all. Bachelor Clues, as Nick Vial, my paramour, Jake, my friends, Johanna Quinn, Erica Millicera, SP, my mother, Catherine, resident, Gore Slut, Danny fucking Padilla. <laughs> My personal queen, Jess Ambrose, with child superstar Ember. Sweet Nums, doing a little dance with Pup Creature Trophy, singing a sweet song. Some Gore Girl summer guests like Tammy Lee, Courtney Roberts, and Peter Popeye Weber, Package Deal Zaddy, Michael Alio, and the ultimate surprise at the end. A message from the pizza-loving ultimate Viking himself, Clayton Eckerd. I, of course, produced involuntary tear play immediately and started my birthday feeling so overwhelmed with love and appreciation. Thank you so much, Dark Seeker, for putting this together. Thank you to the Friends of the Pit for contributing, making my year with this video. This video has 12.9K views currently. 
And I'm sure we'll hit 1 million by the time that this episode airs. I mean, I knew she was putting this video together. Obviously, she asked me to submit a a little video for it. And Mm -hmm. I had no idea who all was going to be in this. And when I saw it, much like you having uh, immediate tear play, involuntary, I had immediate Mm -hmm. pants shitting play, involuntary. You shit your pants? I shit my pants when I saw this, yeah. No, not really, but metaphorically. I was just blown away by it. I think you shit your pants too much, Clues. Not enough. I think you gotta get it looked at. I've never actually shit my pants, but I metaphorically have shit my pants millions of times. (laughs) Anyway, I too thought that this was the clear winner of the Parasocial Play of the Week. Thank you to Dark Seeker for everything that you do here at Game of Roses. But this video was above and beyond anything we could have possibly imagined. And I'm so happy that that it had such a... A good effect on you, Pace Case, on your birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I hope this trip around the sun is the best one yet. I think it will be. Time will tell. But now let's move on to the parasocial creature of the week. There were a lot of good entries this week. Rachel Lindsay's pup, Copper, celebrated his birthday. There was a snake that slithered its way onto Bachelor Royalty property and landed a spot on Jason Tardick's Instagram videos. There was a Hawaiian horse posing with Greg Grippo. But the winner of this week's Parasocial Creature of the Week is John Hersey's pup, Dexter. Dexter was photographed wearing a pair of human glasses as he's delivering a stunning parasocial gaze in one of Hersey's Instagram stories with a caption that reads, Dexter would like to see your library card. Exquisite (laughs) work, Dexter the librarian. Congrats on your big win. If you haven't seen this, you got to check it out. Dexter is so fucking cute in these glasses under a little blanket sitting on the couch. Doesn't even know how cute he's being. But he's being very fucking cute. I love Dexter content. God, he's so good. So cute. So cute in clothes. I always laugh and laugh and wish I had a dog. Well, there is always the future. But that wraps up all these parasocial plays. And now we're going to move on to that segment of our show where we descend into the deepest, darkest parts of the pit and issue forth our screams to echo off the walls about how our fandom of this show is changing our lives. This is creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber skincare 
Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things, (laughs) and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus... You get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Is Screams from the Pit! My scream is somewhat similar to our parasocial play of the week. I don't generally check. I'm a bad influencer. I don't generally check my DMs. Once this podcast got a little bigger, it would hurt my mental health to see the 1% of messages people send us that are hateful or even trying to be helpful while still being critical. I so I stopped checking them and we hired Dark Seeker to handle all our social media. And but sometimes, especially at weak moments, I will do sort of like a ghost protocol where I look at the DMs 
And uh, Ghost Protocol, if you don't remember, was Chad opening his DMs, trying to avoid spoilers by looking at each letter one at a time. And I did this looking at my DMs and the comments. And I was very nervous because our last women I discussed um, my sexual assault and my views on abortion. But I saw the beginning few letters of many messages that were saying, Thank you for sharing or writing because of your twib and beginning, etc. A a powerful wave of supportive messages that really did make me feel better about opening up. And so I would just like to thank the pit. Um, in this extremely dark period of history, I I feel more hopeful about women and other people with uteruses rights because of The Bachelor, <laughs> because of the community that we have built around our fandom of The Bachelor. And I will be taking that energy to local actions this weekend and encourage others to do so if they should please. I know that there are a bunch of actions on Saturday around the country. Bands Off Our Bodies events are being organized. It's like a super group that includes Planned Parenthood, Women's March, um, Liberate Abortion, Ultraviolet Move On, and Service Employees International Union. There's also um, Rise Up for Abortion Rights, a much newer group this year. And um, if you're going to a rally, I would suggest sticking with a buddy and wear good shoes, bring water and a portable charger. Don't take pictures of people without their permission which is just a good general rule and write your emergency contact number on your body somewhere just in case. And that is my scream. It's more of a thank you. And yes, thank you, Pitt. That was a beautiful scream. Thank you. Mine is far less profound. Let's see. Is yours beautiful? I don't know. Uh, It certainly isn't as important. I will say that much. This week, as you may know, if you're into sports at all, it's basketball playoffs. The NBA playoffs are happening. And of course, I used to not give a shit about basketball, but I have a friend who is into basketball and we were working on a project together. And I thought to myself, well, I'll start watching a little bit of basketball so that I can have that to talk to her about. And, you know, it can be like a, a way to kind of like break up if we're stuck on a part of this thing we're writing. We can watch a little basketball, or talk basketball or something. I need to know something about this. So I started watching basketball Mm -hmm. over the past however many months. Just random basketball? Well, just, I mean, NBA games. Is that random basketball? Any NBA game? Or like, did you pick a team or? Over the course of it, I kind of developed a favorite player who now is unfortunately going to be injured for the rest of the season. So he's not in playoffs. Um, He plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. His name is Ja Morant. He's like, kind of, I don't even know how to describe what he does really. It's like magic. Some of the shit that he can do. It's crazy. At any rate. One thing that I've noticed in basketball is it's kind of like soccer in that the players will like fake injuries and they will like flop Mm -hmm. on the ground and make it like really look like they got knocked down or whatever. That's like a part of the game is the theatrics of faking like somebody hit you. And there's like hilarious clips on YouTube of dudes doing it. Like there's one of LeBron James where a hand kind of comes by his face, but it doesn't touch him. And then like a second later, he like, oh, like falls on the ground, like he got hit and then he'll get a a foul call. That's like a real strategy in the game. And so Hmm. I was watching it and in my head, all I'm thinking is like, 
this is IFI. They're playing <laughs> IFIs. Basketball players use fucking They're IFIs. It's unreal. I mean, I don't know what era it started in basketball where the IFI became like a real legitimate play, but they all do it now. Everyone does it completely faking like they've been hit or whatever. It's insane. I got to say, like, the IFIs, I think, is part of what turns me off of basketball. Is I yes. feel like so much of the game is about fouling. Absolutely. So much of the game is about fouling. I agree with you. I hate the IFIs. And I mean, there was a book that came out a while back that was written by an NBA referee who went to jail for this. But he basically claimed that they're all games are fixed or can be fixed by the officiating crew. Because if you just call like a few more fouls on the other team and don't call as many on this team, you're going to give that other team the opportunity to maybe get an extra 10 or 15 free throws over the course yeah. of a game. And that's like all that any game is determined by. And so this referee was claiming basically that like the, uh, during his season that he was a ref, that the NBA had sent out memos saying basically like the Lakers are going to the playoffs don't call fouls on Kobe Bryant, call fouls against him. And so they did it. What? Yeah. This was like on 60 Minutes and shit. But also he was at the time like point shaving for the mafia as well. There's like an organized crime <sighs> element. At any rate, I don't think oh we, we don't quite have that yet in our beloved game. But basketball does now share with our beloved game an IFI. And I can't see even other sports now without using bachelor terms. That is my scream. I think you're wrong, and that was a beautiful scream. Oh, thank you very much. And I love your your devotion to friendship that you'll, you know, take on a new hobby to bond. Yeah. I, if somebody's into something, like, I'll give it a shot. Who knows? Maybe I'll wind up enjoying it, too. Except for Severance. Hard line against getting another streaming service. Won't do it. Thinking about getting rid of all streaming services I have now. When you say that, it makes me upset. I don't know why, because it's the only show we both watch is Bachelor, but <laughs> I just feel like there's so much. I'm like wasting time watching fucking Pentaveret. It's like, do I really need to be doing this? How's this enriching my life? I mean, I look, I agree with you. I don't know why you're watching Pentaveret or anything. I do think you should start watching all the housewives. Even the really good shit that I watch, I'm just like, yeah, it's pretty good. Next, what's next? The way we watch media now, we just fucking binge it like, give me the full fucking season. I'll watch it in two days. Now what? Even if it's the best show you've seen, now what? Next, I need something else. I kind of want to step out from that and go into a mode of high production, high output instead of high input. Yeah, I would say you don't you don't have a high level of output. You're barely making any content. It's not as high as it could be. Got to maximize it. Oh, the real scream comes out. I knew it. <laughs> Speaking of output and input, we are now about to receive some input from the pit itself. This is a scream that comes to us from someone named Eleanor deep within the pit. If you want to submit your screams, you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses. You join us in the bottom of the pit. And you're going to get access to the game of roses discord where you can then submit your own scream in audio format up to a minute and we play the best ones here and we analyze them. So are you ready for this scream from the pit submitted by Eleanor? Let's go. Hi, I'm Eleanor and I love being in the pit. This has completely changed my life. I went from never having seen The Bachelor until Matt James this season, not one clip. And now I am deeply invested in the pit. Listen every week. And I have a scream for you. 
I'm currently in yoga teacher training and we have a very enthusiastic instructor who was demonstrating a posture for us. And when she completed it, it was a very impressive posture. She just screamed, let's go. And it was so in cadence with the Ultimate Viking that I knew she had to also be a member of the pit. So I ran up to her at the break and was like, oh my God, do you watch The Bachelor? And she looked at me like I was insane and said, no, had no idea what I was talking about. So um, here we are. (laughs) Good God. This is a... I mean, I literally said, let's go going into listening to this clip. So I really enjoyed that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is kind of an entry-level scream, in my opinion. This was one of the first things that really started happening to me when we started to descend. That phrases, terminology... Even like I was just saying, IFI to me now is like a basketball term. It's mm-hmm. it's when these phrases that are used across all different arenas, like let's go yeah. is it's used in every sport. It's just kind of like a common millennial term. It's definitely, I would say, a sports thing. It, it is a sports thing, but it has it has traversed over into just kind of like common colloquialism. I think people use it in a wide variety of ways. You have something good happen to you at work. Let's go. You, anything. You can use it for anything. It is not a bachelor-specific term. You win an ultimate Viking award. Yeah, exactly. You're about to start meeting the ladies on The Bachelor. Any scenario. Any scenario. <laughs> but I think that like this is what first starts happening to you when the pit takes over your life. And I remember when it happened to me. And I started hearing phrases that would be used in The Bachelor or that we use, and they would only have that meaning. And so if I heard someone else use them, I'd be like, holy shit, do they watch The Bachelor? Do they listen to Game of Roses? And it's like, no, everybody just says, you know, inauguration or something like that. I'd hear like the presidential inauguration. I'm like, oh, like the inauguration chamber in Bachelor. I wonder if they watch Bachelor. It's like, no. All connected. <laughs> exactly. But these are also good moments, Eleanor, for you to then drag that person into the pit. When they look at you like you're crazy, show them how fucking crazy you are and convince them that they're crazy too. And then we all get in the pit together. I'll show you how crazy I am. I have another pit, which is The Good Place, a show I used to work on. So when I heard the name Eleanor, I was just picturing Ted dancing going, Eleanor, Eleanor, because he always would pronounce it Eleanor. Mm -hmm. And it was always so funny. Well, thank you, Eleanor or (laughs) Eleanor, however you pronounce it, for your scream. Also, good luck in your yoga training. Support it 100%. Absolutely. But once again, if you'd like to submit your screams, just go to patreon.com slash game of roses. Join us in the bottom of the pit. And record a one-minute clip of audio. We will play the best, strangest, darkest, weirdest ones here and get to the bottom of exactly where you are in your descent to the bottom of the pit. And thank you, everyone, for joining us this week for this week in Bachelor Nation. Like we said up top, we are going to have a doozy of a Digging Deeper coming out Monday. We hope you will join us for that. It's going to have everything that they're talking about in clickbait about the Blake Horseman Instagram thing. There are there's just a wide variety of clips that have happened this week that are astounding in terms of tea being spilled, curtains being pulled back, and the sauce wars coming to a full simmer. So again, we hope you'll join us for that. But before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? 
It has been 7,354 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then.